established. So you want to be a podcaster. Our mission is to encourage and equip you for excellence in podcasting. Your hosts are Andrew Rappaport, host of the Rappaport and Apologetics Live, and executive director of the Christian Podcast Community. Together with Colleen Sharp, host of Theology Gals and chief administrator of the Christian Podcast Community. Hey, Colleen, we got a review. Oh, really? I don't think I even know about yeah. that. I, I have. I did get one, but I'm in possession of it, so I'm thinking you're thinking of another one. It says about the So You Want to Be a Podcaster, informative. And then it says, this is super informative for those of us who are just getting started in the podcast realm. It covers things in order to get you started and covers things that we wouldn't think about on a day-to-day basis, but ultimately impacts the quality of our podcast. Very highly recommended. So thank you for that. We appreciate that. But we want to talk today about everything you need to do now that you got your first episode. It's ready, or you want to get it ready. Everything that we need to do. We're going to cover recording, editing, naming, uploading, and then where to apply it, where to to submit it. That's what we have for you today. So let's start with recording. There's going to be a couple different options that you have. The first question is, are you recording by yourself or do you have other people? Why would that make a difference, Colleen? Well, if you're recording by yourself, and I'm just going to tell our audience, since this is podcasting, sometimes, like my recording today, I'm at my parents' house and you might hear their dog barking. So I apologize for that. So if you're recording... You mean you're not in your super soundproof location? Yeah, that I'm usually in. <laughs> I'm, I'm here with Yippee the dog. Um, so, uh, if you're recording on your own, you can just sit down and record with Audacity or GarageBand. If you have a PC or if you have a Mac, you can use Audacity. If you have a Mac, you can use GarageBand. I can't really speak to those because I'm not a Mac person. And Andrew can talk about the differences there. If you're recording multiple people, then you're going to... Ha- Or I should say there's going to be a difference if you're recording multiple people in person. You can do Audacity or GarageBand. But if you're doing multiple people across the miles like we're doing here or like I do for my podcast, Theology Gals, then you're going to look at some other options. Yeah, we mentioned, I think, on an earlier podcast that Audacity, the nice thing about that is, A, it's free. The Jewish blood in me loves that. Um, But it's free. You can get that free. And it works in both Windows or Mac, and they work the same. It It's one of the few tools that that really, they did a good job so that whether it's Windows or Mac, it really looks the same. GarageBand would be something just for Macs. There are other options that you have within Windows. Some people even record just to their, their phone. Uh, there are some tools you can get on on your phone and just record right there. There's people who will record to uh, in Windows. There's some recording app that, that they have that's default. You can record to a lot of different things, but you that's if you're doing it by yourself. If you have multiple people, there's a couple different things that 
that we could use. We're Colleen and I right now are using something called Zoom Meetings, Zoom.us, and it allows us to be able to record the two of us together. The nice thing about Zoom is you could do video recording, audio recording. You can have someone call in on a phone. So if they don't have the ability to be able to, to log in from a computer, that may be an option for you. Now, there's another thing that you could use called Zencaster, and this you used prior, Colleen, but you also had a bad experience with it. So when you're recording through the miles, and we actually don't release our recording with Zoom, which we'll talk about in a second, but when you're recording through the miles, there are a few different options. There is an option with Skype, and I I tried each of the options when I was looking, and I had... I completely lost my recording that I did um, using a using Skype, and then I tried Zencaster, and I had a couple gals from my group do a practice recording, and I lost the whole thing there. And although maybe I'm the problem here since I keep losing recordings, but I've never had any problems with Zoom. But I do know that some people do like Zen Zencaster, and you might be like me that you like to try out the different options and see what you like. Now Zencaster, I should say is going to give you a better audio quality than Zoom will. And so that might be an issue that you want to be aware of if you're going to use the recording from, whether it be Zoom or Zencaster. There's others. People will record on Skype. Skype actually has a lot of times really bad uh, audio quality, so you may not want to use that. But these are some different options. But if you can also, you may be recording multiple people in person. And there you want to keep in mind that you have the type of microphones. Go back to our episode about equipment, because if you use the wrong kind of microphone, it's going to pick each other up and you're going to get an echo. But if you're not recording at the same location, a good thing to remember is the way that Colleen and I are recording here. Colleen said we do not put up the Zoom meeting recording. Even though we do record there, that's more of a backup. We both record on our own ends. Now, you could use a Zoom. Now, this is a different Zoom. This is a hardware device, a Zoom H6 and a Zoom H5. I have a Zoom H6, and I also have something else that I record too. Before I get to that, what do you use on your end to, to record, Colleen? Well, I just, I just use my microphone plugged right into my computer and right to Audacity. Okay, so now using Audacity, here's a thing for folks to remember. If you're going to do a hardware recording, the, you can have a software glitch. I was doing a recording on someone's podcast. We got done with the whole recording. It went great. Really got some great content there. And then when he hit, went to hit the save button, Audacity shut down and he lost everything. So having a hardware solution is good. Now I'm recording this on the Rodecaster Pro. This is a new device that's been out for podcasters. It's nice because it just it has two ways to record. I could record to Audacity or the way that I'm doing it, I record to a SD mini card. I then take that and upload it for for Colleen to be able to grab it and do the editing. Some things to keep in mind when you're doing your recording, just as a helpful hint, Try to avoid inside jokes. You, If you have a co-host, you guys know each other well, 
don't do inside jokes. A lot of people will do that and they think it's really funny and they don't realize the audience doesn't get it. Often what happens when you do a lot of inside jokes, your audience feels like they're intruding on a conversation that they shouldn't be listening to because they're missing out on something. You know, if you want to do an inside joke and explain it, that's fine. Explain the jokes. But when you're recording, think about this, that you two as co-hosts may know each other really well, and you don't want to have your audience feeling like they're missing out on something. Now, there's some people who think that that's going to get people to listen more. They're not going to listen more if you never explain the jokes. So if you're going to do that, think about explaining them. Yeah, we actually had a situation like this once, and I didn't even realize it was an inside joke, but somebody heard it and kind of took what we said literally, and I had to explain it. One of the things we do, if we ever mention anything related to pop culture, that's kind of a joke with me because most people who know me well know that I'm very up on pop culture, aren't I? Yeah, Andrew, like if a movie comes out, he's there on opening night. Um, I think you read TMZ like every morning. I don't even know what TMZ is. <laughs> I, kind of, I thought that so, when you said it. And I, 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 like that's, I think that's like a Hollywood gossip. Um, sorry. Yeah, so, so there's things that ends up happening where people will talk about the fact that, that you know, I, I'm pop culture illiterate. That's I'll explain that when people mention something about that, it comes up. Another thing to keep in mind when you're recording, we mentioned this when we talked about intros and outros, but do not use copyrighted material no matter the length. I know some people who think that if they have it less than 30 seconds, they have the right to play anything they want and it fits within copyright laws. No, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, let let me let me say too, Andrew. Since we're our, we're a Christian a Christian podcast, and we're talking to Christians, we know that sometimes uh, we have non Christians that tune in just to get some podcasting advice. But I'm going to be very specifically talking to Christians. It is illegal to use music that you do not have the right to use, and so this isn't a matter of can I get away with it. This is a ma- this is a matter of it is it is it the right thing to do. As a Christian, should I do this? But Andrew, you know of situations where, because sometimes people think if they're just going to get away with it, oh, we're not a big podcast, no one's going to come after me. But Andrew, I think you have a story about that. There was a recent podcast that they thought they weren't big enough, it wasn't a big deal. The person who actually had the copyrights to the music had made several requests for them to cease and desist from using their their music. Well, that podcast actually got big and, and they had been using that music for many years. Well, it went to court and they ended up having to pay $200,000 because they were charged for every time that they played that copyrighted music and they had to pay for every episode that they used it in. And their argument was where well, they didn't play the whole song. They didn't think that it was a big deal, but they were told to cease and desist and they didn't. And the more you do that, well, that's actually the more you're going to pay if the person who owns the music decides they want you to pay. This particular podcast had been doing it for years and got caught. So that's some of the things to think about with recording. Yeah. So let me just say real quick, 
because um, we're going to do a whole episode on music down the road, but just very quickly, since you're, if you're working on your first episode, do not play music on your podcast unless you have the rights to it. And there are several websites, we can link some in the episode notes, where people have recorded music and said, anyone can use this music for any purpose. And sometimes you can, um, they'll say, if you pay me $40, then you can use this. And so there's different options, and we'll link some of those sites where you can find some of that music. And there's also, you might know somebody, you know, that can play some music and record it for you. Or, you know, there's there's just a lot of different options. You can also find people who will put together some music for intros and bumper music for you. You know, one of the places I often go is to YouTube. They have a whole thing for their creators to use music. So that's an, a place. And we'll, we could put those in the show notes. So you're done with the recording. How are you going to edit? Well, some of the same things that you used for recording, you could use to edit. Audacity, GarageBand, different tools that you have. The, a lot of these tools will do the editing. Now, it's going to depend on your personality. I happen to use a Mac. I could use GarageBand or Audacity. I found GarageBand really hard, and so I don't use it. And that might be a preference thing. So try out a couple different software options and see which ones work for you, because some may come more naturally to you than others. I particularly prefer Audacity because it can work on Windows or on Mac. I like that so that I just have one tool You could add a lot of plugins to it so that it makes it something where you could do more with it. Yeah. And let me say, too, I didn't know what I was doing when I started. And so you may be thinking, I have no idea how to edit. There are so many great videos on YouTube. Pretty much anything you're trying to figure out how to do. You can even Google, you know, uh, remove background noise in audacity and click videos and you're going to find videos on how to do that and so whatever it is that you're trying to learn to do youtube i actually had one of my son's friends taught me a lot of different things and then from there it was youtube videos where i learned how to edit podcasts you know there there was a podcast that was about using audacity called audacity to podcast but you know what colleen i don't know what they taught you really how to do podcasting more than use Audacity. Daniel J. Lewis of Audacity Podcast actually started that to teach people how to use Audacity. So if you want to learn, you could go back to some of his early episodes and, and get that. That was is very helpful. After you're done editing, the thing to think about is you're going to get ready to upload that somewhere. The first thing to think about is what are you going to name it? Because you need to save this. I suggest that you save this as an MP3 file. Why? Because that's what's going to be able to be seen by any of the hosts and most of the apps. Some people might try to do some of the better compression in some other formats. But as I have found that there are some apps that won't play certain formats and therefore It may work fine in iTunes and you say, well, I'm going to use the better compression that Apple has and I'm not going to do the MP3. I'll do something else. But you may not have that work when you go to some other app. So if I'm on Overcast, maybe it doesn't work. You have to keep in mind that your listeners are using a lot of different apps. MP3s will work on all of them. So I suggest you use it as an MP3. When you go to the naming it really doesn't matter. 
because nobody is going to look at the name other than you and maybe whoever you host it with. So use a short name. I suggest what I typically do is my name is going to have something because my my podcast is Rap Report. I'm going to put R-A-P-P underscore episode number. And just so I can know, I might put an underscore and something really short to remind me what the episode is. So another thing to do when it comes to your your naming is going to be to think about um, the title. Why? We mentioned this earlier, but your title should be specific. You want a title that's going to be catchy. It's going to get their curiosity. But at the same time, let me warn you not to use clickbait. Colleen and I will do a whole episode in the future on ethics when it comes to podcasting, and we're going to talk about namings specifically. But you do want to use a name that's going to catch the attention where someone's like, I got to listen to this. But make sure that that's actually descriptive of your episode. Don't give something that is in your title that you never cover or just to be looking to get a a click or to get someone to be like, I must listen to this. And really, it's deceptive in what the episode's about. But you don't want to use episode numbers. Now, there's been some brouhaha that happened recently. Apple was saying, nope, if you use episode numbers, we may boot you. And then they backed off of that and said, no, we won't boot you. The reality is Apple prefers that you would use the episode numbers in the episode number tag. So if you have your your episode numbers and you want to store them somewhere, you put them in the tag. Colleen in a previous episode mentioned that where she does is she puts those in her show notes like I do. She puts them at the beginning of her show notes. I put them further down in the show notes. But episode numbers make it easy to to be able to find the show that you want. Now, depending where you store it, maybe you want to have your show notes or episode by the short code on your website. If you have a website, maybe you want to do a website, theologygals.com slash 23. And then you could refer people easily to that. But how do they know which episode? Well, you have to mention it or keep it in the show notes. But one thing you don't want to do, because Apple has said they will boot you for this, is meta tag stuffing. Don't try to put a whole bunch of things in your show, your episode title, that is just trying to stuff different meta tags or tags into there where some people used to put a show episode and they put the pipe sign, which is that vertical sign, the vertical line. And then they'd put a whole bunch of keynotes and separate them all with, with a pipe. And they would do that so that it would show up in the search optimization. Well, Apple says, if you do that, they may remove you. So don't do that. Do put all that information in your show notes. So again, if you're going to do the naming, think about for the the file itself, the MP3 file, short name, no one's going to look at that. So you don't need to put a lot of description into that. But in your title, the episode title, you want to think about making sure that that is going to be specific, that it's ethically right, that it's not clickbait. Because I'll tell you why you don't want to do clickbait. If you get recognized as a show that does a lot of clickbait, people no longer put credibility in your show. You want your audience to be able to trust you as a podcast. 
So if you are purposely deceiving them and they feel that way, they're going to stop listening. Oh, you may get some downloads. You may get many downloads even, but they don't trust what you're doing when they realize you've done that. So clickbait doesn't work in the long run. It actually gets you more hatred than love. So I would say to avoid that. But And also, Andrew, let me add, it also may get you a, a reputation for not being trustworthy. And as a podcaster, you don't want that. You know, um, and I had this happen recently, and it, was, it wasn't a podcast. Um, actually, no, I, I did have it happen on a podcast, but I'm thinking specifically, uh, it was a blog article, and it had this, um, this strong title that uh, a certain pastor believed a certain thing that was in the title. Well, you get to the article and you got to get about three quarters of the way down to find out that wasn't really accurate. And then there, I, there was a podcast also, and it had a certain clickbaity title. And again, I, once again, and I'd done this with this podcast a couple of times, but I clicked on it and I was trying to get to the information that was in this title that was going to be such big news. And I got to it and it wasn't what I thought. And then I said to myself, they've done this before. I'm not clicking on their stuff again. So you have your name down. Now, what do you need to do to upload? Well, that's going to depend on where you're hosted. Every host is going to have a different way of doing it. I can speak to the way Blueberry does it with WordPress because that's how we upload. And it's simple. You go in, you create a blog article, you fill out everything. And when you want to upload, they have a nice big blue button that you upload your episode. And what that's going to do is actually take your file and it will copy it to your host, such as Blueberry, Lipson, BuzzFeed, you know, Podbean, wherever. So whoever you have, it'll copy it to their servers, and then they will be able to use that for your post, and it will sit on their servers. So when people subscribe, your RSS feed knows to point to that and get it from there. That's how you do the posting or uploading. So you have your recording done, you've done your editing, you have your name, you've uploaded it to your host server. Now what do you do? Well, you have your first episode. You need to have one episode up before you can apply to iTunes or anywhere else. Many of the other places that you're going to subscribe to may want you to have it in iTunes first. iTunes is the most restrictive, and that's why I suggest you start there, because they're going to be really restrictive. So once you get approved in iTunes... The others are usually a lot easier. Uh, iTunes, why apply there? They are the number one directory. That's changing, but right now, they are the number one directory. So I suggest you go there. They usually take, for many of my podcasts, they've taken less than two days, but they can take up to a week or two, especially around the holidays. If you're thinking it's December, you want to get started, just keep in mind that they go on vacation and they may take longer. So keep that in mind. Do not think that you're just going to do your first episode, throw it up and start telling people to download. It could take up to a week to get in the directories and you need to have one episode before you could do it. So iTunes is the first place to go. A second place would be Spotify because that is the number two directory and it's growing. They're looking to try to take over 
for iTunes. They have just invested hundreds of millions of dollars into buying a lot of different companies to basically make sure that they're they're really putting money behind podcasting. And so Spotify is really seeing this as a future. That is a place you definitely want to make sure you're on Spotify. Now, you may have to subscribe separately to Spotify like you do iTunes, or you may have a host like we have with Blueberry where they take care of that for you. But we still, on Blueberry, it's important if you are on Blueberry, you still have to separately submit it. It's not going to magically happen. You do have to do that through Blueberry, and then they will help with the process. But there is one that does it by magic, and that's Google. Google has changed. They used to have something with Google Play, but now they've changed it so that they use their search engine to look for podcasts. So you don't have to go and submit your podcast to Google. Google will find you, much like Big Brother, by the way, if any of you remember the book 1984. Google will find you out. <laughs> so that's kind of nice because then you're automatically in their, in their directory. Here's one that you may want to be aware of, and it's TuneIn. Colleen, as an as an Amazon user, why would you? Why is TuneIn important? Well, it's not necessarily Amazon, um, but if you have an Amazon Alexa, which I guess is Amazon or an Echo, it it is the it your Amazon Alexa comes with TuneIn Radio on there, so people can if they've got an Amazon Alexa, say, uh, play. So you want to be a podcaster. And so you, you definitely want want that on. And I, I would actually say that you want to list yourself anywhere that's available. I can tell you from my numbers from my other podcast that it's maybe not a lot of downloads that we're getting on some of these um, that we're mentioning today, but you want yourself available. Because before, when I wasn't available on these, I would periodically get contacted and someone would say, why aren't you on such and such? Because there's a whole lot out there. And, and we're not even going to give people all of them. We're just going to give the top ones. iTunes, number one. Spotify, number two. Google's number three, but you don't have to do anything. TuneIn is important because it's the default one for Alexa devices. Third, or, or sorry, the next one I would say would be Stitcher. Stitcher is of, is being used by a lot of folks. And another one would be iHeartRadio. So those would be the top six that I would say you want to try to make sure that you are in those directories. So once you have your first episode, you want to go to each of those, submit your podcast to each of those directories. Andrew, there's something I think we should mention, and we mentioned it in an earlier episode, but I think just to remind people is your podcast is automatically going to go out to a lot of these podcasting apps. So CastBox, for instance, um, it's going to automatically show up there. And so Podcast Addict and some of these different podcast apps that people use, it, it will automatically show up there. The ones that we're mentioning are ones that you have to submit it for it to be able to show up. And all you have to do is submit it once to these. Once you submit it, then you're good to go, you know, as long as your podcast is around. You want to do your first episode, which you need to do before you get out there and can tell people to go subscribe. You want to get your recording done. You want to get your editing done. You want to get your name done. You want to upload that to your host. Then you have to apply everywhere. Do not tell people to go subscribe until you start getting back from iTunes and Spotify and these others that they've approved you. And that is something you want to make sure that you do all of this 
That's before you can actually tell people, hey, go listen to my episode. Because when you tell them, hey, go check out my podcast, it's not out there yet. So you want to wait until you have all this done. So don't think that I, all I got to do is record and it's done. There's some things that they're going to take some time. Some of these things, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, they could take a week, two weeks. I had one of them. I won't say who the offending party is, but I had one of them that took over a month before they finally approved it. So you want to think about that. iTunes is pretty quick as long as it's not a holiday, but you still want to remember that it's going to take a little time. So my suggestion, my encouragement to you, you now have everything you need in all these episodes we've done. We've given you seven episodes to give you everything you need to start podcasting. So get out there and start today.